Welcome to the Podity. I'm Nate. I'm Steven. This is a show where we talk about all things nerdy, from the bedneck lady to the red room. And today we will be talking about the haunting of Hill House. Alon Z. So we are going to barrel through the rest of Spooktober. Yes, here we are. Here we go again. We're carrying on the scary train. Yeah. As we talk about the haunting of Hill House today. Uh-huh. And for those who are unaware, The Haunting of Hill House is an American supernatural horror drama Netflix miniseries created and directed by Michael Flanagan. Or as I like to say it, Mike Flanagan. It's really Mike Flanagan though. Why? Because it's... Uh, I'm just pronouncing it with a different language's pronunciation. Because what language it sounds, is that? It's, um, um, with the my G understanding of Spanish. Oh. <laughs> G become H. Jorge. Ah, okay, yeah. Horror. I don't know. So, hey. Mike Flanagan and the, this series, The Haunting on Hill House, we're already on a tangent. That's very good for the party. But this series, The Haunting of Hill House, serves as the first entry of the Haunting Anthology series. So, subsequently after this, it came The Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay, yeah, that was I saw released that, yeah. Like a couple years later. And this, The Haunting of Hill House was loosely based on a 1959 novel of the same name by Shirley Jackson, and the plot alternates between two timelines, following five adult siblings whose paranormal experiences at Hill House continue to haunt them in present day, and flashbacks depicting events leading up to the eventful night in 1992 when the family fled from the mansion. The series premiered on Netflix in October 2018 and received critical acclaim, particularly for its acting, directing, and production values. A follow-up series, like I mentioned before, named Haunting of Bly Manor, was also created by Flanagan, with most of the same crew and some of the same cast, but a different story and characters, and was released October 2020, two years after the prior. So it seems like Mike Flanagan has a... Much like Pennywise has a pattern, because October 2018, he released Haunting of Hill House, in October 2020, he released Bly Manor. In October 2022, he released The Midnight Club. Oh, also those are all his shows, right? Yeah. Well, they're not all his shows, but these, do, these are the shows created by him, but he has more as well. I see, okay. Yeah, for example, there was a, a series again, because he's, it seems like he's moving towards series nowadays. Mm. There was a series called Midnight Mass. Ah, uh, yes. That's that's by him as well. Yes, that's right. And right. it has a lot of the same people as well. Oh, okay. And that came out September 2021. Wow. It, so it's like it the same pattern, group yeah. of people acting as different characters yes. in different scenes. Some not s- not all the same actors, but some of them some carry of them. throughout. I see. Yeah. And we'll get a little bit into that in a bit. Ah, yeah. Okay. But Mike Flanagan is seriously, he is one of the directors right now that I really respect because he's been putting out a new series almost every year. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I think he skipped 2019 because he was preparing himself for for Bly Manor. But because of the critical acclaim of Hill House, which is what we're going to be talking about today, he's been on a very good trend of making series every single year. And he kind of specializes in horror. That's right, As a genre, yeah. Um, He was also the director of Doctor Sleep, if you know the movie. I, I don't. So Doctor Sleep is a Stephen King novel based on the adult life of Danny Torrance, who was the little boy in The Shining. I didn't watch The Shining either. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay. essentially that's the story. Okay, and he yeah. was the director of Doctor Sleep in 2019. So that's also why he took a break for Bly Manor. Right, okay. And before that, he also has done like some amazing things. By the way, 
for Haunting of Hill House, Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, Midnight Club. Those are the four things that he's released since 2018 for series for Netflix. He was the creator, the director, a writer, an editor, and a producer. Where does this guy get his time in? I don't know, man. It's seriously, it's ridiculous. That's why yeah, I respect wow. him so much. And okay. he's been churning this out every year. For Doctor Sleep, he was the director, writer, editor, and no, he wasn't a producer for Doctor Sleep. Because I think those were some big shots. I see. Okay. Because it's a yeah. Stephen King production. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's been doing crazy good things. Even Gerald's game that came out in 2017 was, I believe, a Netflix. It was ordered by Netflix. So he's been doing, and like other things that he's done before, like Oculus and um, the second Ouija, mm, Origin yeah. of Evil. Okay. That one was a really scary movie. Everything I'm mentioning now, you probably have never watched before, right? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah. is all new to you. It's all horror. Yep. And Stephen hates horrors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and my month of October is full of them. Full of horrors, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a month of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween uh, month of horrors. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Why are you laughing though? Is there something wrong with my pronunciation? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know I'm laughing because you're am already I, going on a tangent. Am I putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable? <laughs> <laughs> but the haunting of the Hill House. <laughs> okay. Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> it is an amazing series. When I watched it back in 2018, I immediately fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I am quite a big fan of the horror genre. But what was very surprising to me was that my brother was a fan of it as well. And he is not typically a fan of the horror genre. Oh, okay. And he watched it before I did, if you will believe that. Right, okay. And he was telling me that it is what some of the scariest shit he's ever watched. Mm. which for those of you who have watched it you probably believe him oh yeah yeah (laughs) so this was in preparation for this episode i would want to say this was your first time watching hill house oh yes definitely and was it was this also the first time of yours watching a horror series oh that's a good question but yes definitely yeah yeah. i mean stuff like ghostbusters when we were kids those don't count those are more cartoon yeah i think that or are you afraid of the dark oh yeah that was actually a bit more scary really are you afraid of dark yeah yeah it's definitely more scary than goosebumps oh yes (laughs) but no more scary than this no no more scary than this no no no. i was comparing (laughs) it to like goosebumps to ghostbusters and stuff of the kids no but this is seriously scary yeah yeah for i think for like a serious adult show that is meant to be scary this is the scariest of them all yeah uh yeah so i want to ask you what Mm. do you think of the series as a first time watcher and probably the first time ever watching a horror series in your life scary ass man (laughs) (laughs) it's ranging from okay it's ranging from terror from really Oh man, how to put this? Okay, there are moments that is just really very scary mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh my goodness, why am I watching this? I don't want to watch. I don't want to look at the screen because the music and mm-hmm. the whole the immersion. Yeah. It, he's very good at creating Im- immersion, right? Just mm-hmm. watching it kind of put my whole self in the show. Pulling and you in. Pulling me in and it's just so scary. And then, but the difference between this and the movies that I watch is that the movies tend to be a bit more predictable. Yeah. Where because I think because just limited time of storytelling, they tend to be yeah, you kind of know that they have only that few minutes or moments that they can yep. throw in the surprise. The, Precisely, uh, yes. The jump scare. Mm-hmm. But for this, I don't know, man. I don't know when's the jump scare gonna come. 
half of the time it's just because it's a very scary idea mm-hmm. with the music and the whole thing watching this person why are you doing this and you know something's wrong and you know something's wrong not because you're following the character's journey it's because you've seen it already from the very first episode that yep. this house is haunt- haunted and then you're looking back to the past and then you kind of know something's wrong and it's, it's logical Yeah, it's not as if like you know when you watch movies sometimes you are following a character and you are thinking why are you so stupid? You know, yeah, you know something is wrong here and you decided to continue stay, you to hear, stay yeah, and you hear a noise in the middle of the night, you go check it out. In yeah. The, like, no, it's not your house. Don't bother. Yeah. And you, got, you hear knockings and all this yeah. runway. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a problem with like, um, no offense, white people. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Just like, them stupid. No, 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 no. It's they're, they're, they have very curious people. Oh, like, that's I why see, see, there are a lot of comedians, okay. in, especially Asian comedians where we're from. They always make fun of this, especially the movies for horror movies. Right. Because okay, okay. where we are, the, the Chinese people, the Indian people, the Malay people, they will never go towards a sound in the middle of a night. We respect the sound. We appreciate the sound. We want nothing to do with the sound. <laughs> and run. <laughs> yeah, just run. So I'm very curious. Did but, you yeah. did you like the series? Oh, I do actually. Yeah. You I, found it good? I find I found it good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you mentioned actually was a very good point, which brings me to like a larger topic of series versus movies mm-hmm. which is why I prefer series yeah. if they're well done if they have the good if they have the budget to do it if they have people with the right eye behind the lens if they have the right editors they have the right team and crew behind it it can be something as good as this ah uh, yeah yeah this is one of the best produced piece of content in terms of series f- that I've seen from Netflix that isn't named Stranger Things. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the closest to horror that I watch. That's true, yeah. Although I don't I find that more exciting. But anyway, that's yeah. a tangent. Yeah, yeah, but I mean we, we we appreciate tangents here. But here's the thing. When it comes to a series, for those of you who have listened to us before, welcome back. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry. And I'm yeah. always gonna apologize for that. <laughs> for those of you who have first time here. Perhaps this won't sound as boring to you, but for the people who have previously listened, I'm, I often compare the series, movies, and films and everything to food. Oh, yeah. But when you have it, so my analogy comes in here, when you have a TV series, you let the, the goodness stew and develop and marinate and it becomes richer and thicker and better. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and when it's like barbecue, when you cook it low and slow, it still retains its juices. Yeah. This is what a series does because you can give it the time to develop. Yeah. Which is why I love series so much. And for those of you who don't know, my favorite medium is an animated series. Yeah. But when it's done like this, a live action series done this well, you have no option but to go, wow. Of course, yeah. It's crazy amazing. I'm curious though. Yeah. For the genre of horror mm-hmm. specifically, would you like it to be animated or you prefer it to be live action? So I will say this. I am a very big fan of the, the cartoons Ghostbusters. Okay. I think they are they give you the option to create something out of this world. Like because ghosts literally are out of this world. Yeah. And it gives you more creativity to do it well. Right, okay. So if ever there was an animated horror thing that was supposed to be seriously scary horror, I think that would be very interesting. Right. I would okay. definitely want to watch it. Yeah, okay. There most of the most of the time it's supernatural drama, mm. not horror. Yeah. For example, there is a 
There's a Fili- there's a Filipino comic book character named Trese. She is a purveyor of the supernatural life in all of the Philippines. Okay. And Netflix made a series out of it. Oh, that's cool. So it's pretty cool. But the the animation wasn't the best. And right. the 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 voice dubbing because I don't understand I don't understand Filipino. So I watched it in English. It was a bit janky. I see. So okay. it kind of took me out of the experience. But yeah. I will say it's pretty nice. I've read some of the comics before because I like got them digitally mm. and it, it, the comics read very well I see okay yeah so it's interesting but it's always in that realm of supernatural supernatural fantasy drama so that's more like Constantine or Constantine yes that's right precisely right. or like supernatural yeah okay you know or like that's not horror that's yeah, not really horror yeah, it's yeah. it's drama with yeah. supernatural elements because you're, you know your main character deals with these things well yeah precisely uh, it's not your, your main character is not someone that can be you. Yeah, precisely. You know? And this yeah. this is full on horror. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's why some of my favorite I I really love the series medium of for horror because it really lets you build the tension from yes. episode to episode. Exactly. It is done so well. But the thing is, right, a lot of people would use a series and take it for granted and let the thing stew too long. But Mike Flanagan just does it perfectly. Yeah, I would really put it because, you know, he has the most practice, man. Yeah. And he specializes in it. <laughs> and I think that's that's brilliant, you know, like when you want to start, do something well, you specialize in something and Yeah. Yeah. He's so like, Okay, yeah. so in terms of horror, yes. How do you think this fares to, fares against it? Uh this definitely is a lot more scary. A lot more um, scary? Yes. So if let's say out of a on a scale of 7, what would you rank this? What would you rank it in terms of scariness? I would rank it maybe five. Okay. Perfect. Maybe five out of seven. For those of you who got the reference, thank you very much. I don't understand what. <laughs> Never mind. It's okay. I'll show you the reference okay. later. Uh, I know. Maybe it is four and this is maybe six. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite a bit. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. No, I, I think it... Okay. This is one of my points within the show as well. But I, I, I don't want to dive... It might be... We need to go to the spoiler part. Sure. Okay. We share. can save that for the spoiler part. Okay. Yeah. But... So just on the numbers alone, this is quite a bit more scary than this. Yes, it. and I have a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I want to ask you now, as a non-fan of horror, but you don't hate horror, but as a non-fan of horror, does, does this story, does this production, does this direction, does this everything, this whole series, make you want to watch more of the Flanniverse, knowing that it's mostly horror? Oh yeah, I think I definitely want to. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll do it like every October or something, you know, mm. just to celebrate the month. Nice, that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I mean that is one. That's definitely one Halloween tradition you can begin this year. Yeah, it already began. Yeah, that's very. That's very true. Yeah, I mean he has some of the best series going on right now. Yes, yes, yeah. And Bly Manor is really good. It's really, true, really good. True. It's okay. Remember how we love stuff like. Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. We like the Kingkiller Chronicles because oh, yeah. if you think about it in a really meta sense, it is a writer writing a story about a writer writing a story or telling a story. Yep. That's Bly Manor. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's really cool. The, it begins with someone telling a story, which is really cool. And I, I am a sucker for that. Because if you know, and it's just, that one was done really perfectly as well. And there are a lot of people who obviously returning from Hill House to Bly Manor. And I love that as well. Um, it's something that I kind of appreciated about stuff like American Horror Story. 
Have you ever watched that? No. That was more horror as well, I guess. Oh, really? I guess so. Okay. There was also Scream Queens, which was more of a horror series. Never watched it. Nope. There was Chucky, the series. Oh, no. Never watched it. Nope. Scream, the series as well. Oh, yes. The movies, right? No, there was, was a TV series that was... Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't the uh, best. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly speaking, hor- the horror genre for series on TV has not had the best production ever. And that's why I appreciate Mike Flanagan even more. Yeah, he engages you so well. He uses everything perfectly. Yeah. Every single ounce of television time, he squeezes and pulls you in. Yeah, uh, that's definitely, yeah. The content that he's producing is scary, but what's also scary is how good he is. Yeah, and the little details as well. Yeah. That's my, oh, the after show moments, after you end the show, this is for people who hasn't watched it, mm-hmm. because it's the non-spoiler zone, right? Yep. After you watch the show, I went to YouTube and what I found there about the show is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so, I'm so thrilled. I'm like, watching it. Yes, like, oh my goodness, how can I not... Right? Doesn't that make you want to watch it again? Kind of. Right? Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing. And it's so brilliant because the thing like this, the thing of this is, right? Mike Flanagan as a content producer, as a director, as a writer, as whatever, he created this series and he put so much effort into it and so many Easter eggs into it. Yes. Knowing full well that it was made for Netflix and that every single time someone watches it, it bumps his numbers up. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's smart. It's brilliant. I don't yeah, know whether yeah, he did yeah. it on purpose or if he's just that kind of a storyteller. Either way, amazing. Yeah, which is so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love stuff like this. Like, and it's always very rewarding as a watcher. You know, it is. It yeah. feels like the the creator, the director, Mike Flanagan, is really taking care of his fans. Yeah, and I think we. I think I discussed this again before in the previous episodes. I can't remember which episode, but if you happen to know, let us know, right? Yeah. yeah. Go check them all yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love I love it when writers, creators put so much effort into the show. Like all the little tiny details mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. And not only just make sense for the sake of making sense, but you kind of pull the story around it yes, as well. Precisely. So that these little moments are story moments. If you think back about it, I'm yep. thinking back about it right now. All these little Easter eggs make the, the story reveal, richer. The reveal so yeah. much bigger. And I believe we mentioned this in the community episode. Oh, where yes, we're talking Because yeah. Dan Harmon is yes. one of those people as well. Yeah, I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. So go check out the episode on community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because do. honestly speaking, Dan Harmon also says that the reveal has to be like a big thing. And I think it's spoken about this series as well. Dan Harmon's quote was, you begin the series with people who are flawed. Mm-hmm. So by the time the series goes on, at the end of it, they are redeeming themselves and at the end, they deserve to be saved. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I, he, applies yeah. very well to Hill House. Yeah. If you really think about it. It, it does actually, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So right now, we're going to go into the spoiler zone. You mean our sponsor? No, this is the spoiler zone. I'll oh, get right. to sponsor a little bit. Okay. But right now, we're going to the spoiler zone. We're going to be talking about everything about Haunting, on Hill, Haunting of Hill House. I'm going to try and talk less about Bly Manor and other stuff because the, that's not the episode today. So, spoiler alert. I would say this is one of the shows that you do not want to know too much about before going in. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think most horror shows don't yeah, get so to the end. Everything yeah. that we've mentioned up till this point 
it, it should be good enough, safe enough. But from this point onwards, it might ruin the show because we're definitely going to be talking about some of our favorite things yeah. and the story because yeah. the story is amazing. So spoiler alert for all of it. Please watch the series, then come back and listen to this because that's how I would recommend the you enjoy our lovely voices. And now, we'd like to talk about the sponsor of the episode, Stephen. Stephen very graciously sponsored this episode by coming over here and talking to me. So thank you, Stephen. If you click the link, you'll be able to use a 20% discount to get your own, Stephen. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't know there was a link, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now, let's get into the, the main things. Yeah. This story is just ridiculously insane. It is. I'm going to blow through the cast as quickly as I can okay, first. Yeah. So in the in the main characters, we have Hugh Crane. And I'm going to go through the ones that have a young and old. So Hugh Crane, there's Henry Thomas. And then there's Timothy Hutton. Do you know who Henry Thomas is? No. You've definitely watched him before, I guarantee you. You know why? Why? Have you ever watched E.T.? Yeah. No, he's I, El- no. He's Elliot. Oh, I he's the have... little boy on the oh, bicycle really? cool. with Etienne. Yeah, it's so he's the one, he played Stephen, is it? No, he played Hugh, the oh, young Hugh. father. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, young yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him. Then yeah. there's Olivia Crane, played by Carla Gugino. Oh yes, uh, Watchmen. Yeah, she is amazing, man. Hey, good job. Hey, uh, Stephen Crane played uh, young Stephen Crane, played by Paxton Singleton, and the adult Stephen Crane, played by Michelle Wiesman. Paxton Singleton was on Supernatural as young Dean. Oh, okay. You can kind of see it, can you? Uh, we have Shirley Crane who was played by Lulu Wilson uh, as a kid, and Elizabeth Reeser as an adult. Lulu Wilson, another one of Mike Flanagan's cast members that he's put in multiple things. I see. Is one of his regulars. So is Carla Gugino and Henry Thomas. Wow, okay. Yeah, you see a lot of them in the Flanaverse. Okay. And then we have Theodora Crane, played by young McKenna Grace, and the adult was played by Kate Siegel. McKenna Grace, obviously very popular now with Sabrina. Oh, that's her. Okay, yeah, right, she was yeah. also in a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. It's McKenna Grace. Everybody kind of knows what she looks like, right? Yeah. And Kate Siegel, adult Kate Siegel, she is probably in almost everything that Mike Flanagan does because she is his wife. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> she got but no choice. Also, no, but yeah, but she also <laughs> produces some of these stuff. Yeah. She also um, writes some of the stuff, I believe, which is amazing. She is really talented as well. Yeah. Oh, her performance in Blind Manor was perfect. That's getting ahead of myself. We have Nell Crane. Well, no, we have Luke Crane. We'll go in order. Luke Crane. Young Luke Crane, played by Julian Hilliard. And adult Luke Crane, played by Oliver Jackson Cohen. Oliver Jackson Cohen also is a, appears in Bly Manor. And his performance there is perfect. He does so well. And we have then we have young Nell Crane, played by Violet McGraw. Also another one of his regulars. Wow, okay. And Victoria Pedretti, who also appears in Bly Manor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All and Victoria Pedretti as well, also very famous now because she was in the dra- Netflix drama series You, across from Penn Badgley, and it was like a psycho dramatic right, thing. Okay. Yeah. It was a whole big thing. She was the main star of it. Her performance there is amazing. Wow. It's ridiculous. Okay. And she is the main character of Bly Manor. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, then we have Lee Cr- Lay Crane, who is the wife of Stephen in the series, played by Samantha Sloyan, who's also a regular of Mike Flanagan. We also have Kelvin Harris, who is the husband of Shirley Crane, played by Anthony Ruviva, Reviva, I think. And he is, I believe, also a regular of Mike Flanagan. It seems that he liked the, he likes his cast. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Catherine Parker, who plays young Poppy. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, she now goes by Katie Parker because I think you know Screen Actors Guild sometimes they right, change the right, name. Right. So Katie Parker slash Catherine Parker, young puppy. She's also a regular in all of Mike Flanagan's stuff, uh, and okay. she is in Blind Manor as well. It, and it's a, her performance there is really good as well. And I also want to shout out, you know that it's a very small character, but you know the the funeral director for for Olivia's funeral, the one that Shirley saw and like you fixed her. And he's like, that's what I do. The dude with the beard and the mustache. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's name is Jamie Flanagan, the brother oh, of Mike Flanagan. Right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> he is a, I believe he's a writer. I see. Okay. For his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I want to get to the one topic right now is that Mike Flanagan is one of those directors that likes to recast his group of people. We've spoken a little bit about this with stuff like um JJ Abrams. He constantly reuses like recasts people that he likes. Yeah. Um who are some of the people Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan constantly re like recasts people he likes. Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi does it as yeah. well. Yeah. I love Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel, of course. Yes. Lin Manuel is one of them as well. Go check out all of the episodes. But I love directors like this. Yeah, because it makes sense. It, okay, just looking at a very functional level, right? If you're working with people that you like and you know that you are good and they know how to work with you, the quality of your product will definitely be better than of course. normal. Yeah. Especially for a director. If they're getting people that they already know, especially people for like the relationships between directors and actors, the director already knows the the abilities of the actor yes, and yeah. they're able to kind of push them to that ability every yeah. single time because they know their limits they know how best to work with these with the the artists yeah and they know how to get the best product from from the from the actors yeah which will give them overall a better experience for the end user like us yeah definitely but just like what Haunt hill house did mm. it is spectacular the acting in it is I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen most of these people. Maybe except for Carla Gugino, mm -hmm. because Watchmen, obviously. Mm -hmm. But other than that, did you see anybody you kind of recognized? The dad. Uh, what? What's his name again? The young dad. No, the, old, the, the older. older. Uh, his the old one is Timothy Hutton. Yeah, I seen him before, but I can't remember where though. Timothy Hutton. He's very famous. Timothy Hutton does a lot of stuff. To be yeah. very honest, um, I don't. I can't really remember where you might have seen him before. Oh really? Yeah, because he's done so many things. He he's been acting since like the eighties, I think. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, basically when I saw him, I'm like, this guy looks so familiar, but I don't remember who he is. Yeah, and but where did I watch watch his show? Yeah. <laughs> he's done so many things. Uh, I know he was on How to Get Away with Murder, but I don't think you watched that. I didn't. Yeah, and uh, he's done so many movies. He's one of those actors that grew up like acting in the eighties. They did every single thing everywhere. All at once. Hmm. And it's just ridiculous. So it's very difficult to place. Like you can definitely recognize the face. Yeah, I definitely But it's very difficult it, yeah. to place the name. Yeah. But Haunting on Hill House, the cast members really brought their A-game, honestly speaking. I think so too. Because, right, I think for live action, or especially horror, especially a drama series horror where it really focuses on a single person, mm -hmm. your, acting, your acting really need to be amazing. Yes, and definitely. I remember throughout the show, in my head, Whenever I don't want to be too scared, right? Yeah. I try to create a barrier by myself. I'm telling myself. We mentioned this last yeah, last week's episode. Exactly, Go right. check that out. We spoke about it. <laughs> yeah, the amazing barrier. I try as much as possible. I keep thinking, oh my goodness, their acting is so amazing. And then the next moment, like, 
oh my goodness, Steven, what are you going to do? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, the character, not yes. Steven, oh, the Oh, yes, you. yes. Correct, correct. Yeah, the character. Yeah, I, I kind of perf- purposefully wanted to talk about this series as well because A, it's amazing. Uh-huh. B, I think you really appreciate it. And number three, the first episode is titled <laughs> Steven Sees a Ghost. Yep. <laughs> Little bit of an ulterior uh, motive. Terrible. That, that first episode was terrible. Oh, when, I saw the, when I saw the title, like, Oh, fuck you, then. <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, okay, here's no, the thing. You, like, the first episode is not, like, it doesn't make you scared at all till the end. Yes. Which is such a good way to draw you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a trap. <sighs> and you know what? I fell for it all the way because this is my first series. Mm-hmm. I'm, every moment they, like, have the sound and all this, I'm like, yeah. okay, no, no, what's going to go? What's going to happen? And then suddenly, nothing happened. Yep. Until the last part, of course. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this series is so damn good, man. It's not, and, and it's not even the like. Okay, there are a few jump scares, just a couple. Mm, yeah. But the jump scares aren't the one that stick with me. You know. Yes, there is one jump scare in particular that sticks with me. I think it was episode eight, or was it six? Nell. Yeah, when they were in the car, where oh, Theo and Shirley nine. were in the car. That was episode nine? Or was it nine eight? or eight? Yeah, I think no, it was I think eight. eight. Yeah. And that jump scare was ridiculous. I think for the life of me like I, I told you this earlier yeah. I was so drawn into their fight yeah. between Theo and Shirley yeah. that I was kind of leaning forward focused on the screen and all of a sudden you see Nelly's face pop out that I I damn near shit myself man like no joke <laughs> like I really I, was, I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to stop it and like kind of pause and breathe because that was so <laughs> I watched a lot of horror stuff in my time that is probably the scariest jump scare I've ever seen. Oh, really? Okay. And a lot of people have mentioned it as well. That that's probably one of the scariest jump scares ever in ho- all of horror. And honestly speaking, I, w- I, I just wanted to wait for you to watch that. And I want, I want to know now, but you did mention it earlier, that you kind of expected it. Yeah, I kind of do, you know. And I think at that point in time or so, I already kind of... Okay, the, Okay, this is the thing about me. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the part that I couldn't share, say earlier in the episode. What made me feel scared of the show. Right. right. What, what's scary for me? And why it is only four while this is a six? I realized once I know who, what is the enemy, what you're dealing with, uh-huh. my fear goes down quite fast mm. against it, right? And for it, it happens so fast. The moment you make it Pennywise... Yeah, you, you know what you're up against. You kind of... You after the first few like uh scary interactions. moment interactions, you yep. start to realize that okay, this is a creature, this is a alien or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it kind of just like it might hit me like oh, this is like Doctor Who, and the yeah. fear kind of disappear and mm-hmm. it becomes like okay, we are dealing with something that's a bit more powerful, but it's not supernatural. Yeah. And, but I know what I'm dealing with, even mm-hmm. if it's supernatural, I know what I'm dealing with. Yep. This show, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what's going on. No. I just know there's this ghost ha- haunting these people. I didn't know why. Yeah. And then when look back in the past, is it the is it the ghost? Is it the ghost of uh Poppy yep. that's disturbing them? What's mm-hmm. the guy with the hat? Mm-hmm. I have no idea until the last part when it's re- you start to realize that okay, hang on. I think it's it's the house. Yeah. And then the second part, at that point in time already, I I started to think that, oh, I think Nelly is trying to help them. Yep. I I that's already playing in my head. So when that happened, I'm like, oh shit, like, oh okay, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, yes, that it's all make a lot of sense because you do but realize... But I'm saying that it's still really scary. No, you know, of course, yeah, yes. Yeah. But you do realize that probably Nelly is trying to help them since episode five. 
Since Be- yes, because yeah, because that yeah. was Nelly's funeral. Yes, and you realize and you already come Episode to the six. realization that yeah. she is the bedneck lady. Yeah, yeah, and so the scariest jump scare per- monster is already taken out to kind of a more empathic and em- like a more empathetic character. Yeah, it's jump scaring you for a reason to protect you from greater evil. Yeah, but what's so amazing about the show is they use kind of like um um a monster format they make you think that the ghosts are the actual go the mon- the big bad of the series but yeah, it's, not. it's not yeah it's not the ghost and they they lead you on long enough yeah that they use the main scary ghost which is the back neck lady yeah and then they give you that reveal so for like i think it was episode five where they revealed that um nelly was the back neck lady. yes episode five and you start to think wait okay if she's the back neck lady then what's really the horror? What's what? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why is she haunting her siblings? She wouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. So then, then you spend the next few episodes really thinking about it, and I think it was maybe episode seven or something that you start to realize that something is wrong in the like flashbacks. Something is wrong with the mother and the father. Actually, and and the during f- during the episode of the father, I'm like, okay, is it the mother? Is it the father? Yeah. And then when they reveal the Poppy. I'm yes. Like, is it Poppy? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So they're giving... So here's the thing. They make you think the story is going one way. Then they tell you it's not going that way. Yes. It's actually something else. Then yeah. you start to think, what is it? Then they keep throwing you hooks. Yeah. They keep throwing you hooks of so many. And then they finally reveal it only probably in episode 9. Actually, it's only the eight. last episode. Yeah. I, maybe I think it's like only that. the last episode. Yeah, because where... leading up to that, you think it's the mother. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You really think it's Olivia. Yeah. Which is so twisted man it is and then in the last episode the whole story ties together yes that is perfect series storytelling yeah it's so rarely ever executed that well yeah and I love the way the show created a very easy expectation for us mm-hmm. for what I mean by this is that by episode 8 you watch the father's backstory mm-hmm. you know the next episode is going to be the mother's backstory yeah. and then you realize oh episode 9 the mom is she going to be the person, mm-hmm. the bad one, right? Yeah. They, the show doesn't need to tell us that it's going to be an episode that mm-hmm. about the mom. The show doesn't need to tell me specifically that, okay, this episode is going to be, maybe the mom is the bad guy, yeah. you know, and then Your we need to resolve. is there already. They kind of created this whole sense yeah. of expectation throughout and I, that was so good. It's brilliantly done. Yeah. It's so well done, man. This series, I have been gushing about this series to anyone that will listen for years. Oh, yeah. And it's so well done. I'm so glad you actually like it because like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. This one, go check that episode out, by the way, guys. Really good episode. Rocky Horror is amazing. But I mentioned that I think you will like Hill House because it is the story that really sucks you in. It is, yeah. It Yes, it's a horror, but that, to me, I feel is secondary to how amazing the story is written and how good of a storyteller Mike Flanagan is. Yeah, but I think, I think what I'm, I will say that I think because his horror is amazing as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It, There's that yeah, suspense. It's, it's part of the story. It's all part, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, for example, I, I told you many times, right, I can't stand like unnecessary drama yeah. within in the show. Yeah. Because it always boils down to what person A and B fighting because person A doesn't want to communicate something and person Precisely. B doesn't want to. We're and looking I, at UCW drama series like Riverdale, <laughs> Arrow, Flash, yes. all that yeah. stupid Gossip Girl, <laughs> nonsense, bullshit, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries. Supernatural as well. It's like that yeah, as well. it's a lot of that. <laughs> it's really... I am a massive fan of Supernatural. It's a lot of that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't stand it. And, and yeah, even like, for example, shows that is like Breaking Bread. Breaking Bread. Breaking yeah, you mean, you mean when you when you go to uh, the body of Christ, when you break <laughs> the bread? <laughs> breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah that was the moment was, where... That was so vexing. It's just because it's just two people who don't want to communicate that cause such a big problem. Yes. It's and so like, stupid, uh, yeah. man. I, I gave up at that point. But obviously, apparently the show is a lot better from then on. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, of course... One I, day, maybe I'll, I'll actually finish it. Yeah. Oh, you haven't finished Breaking I Bad? Didn't, I didn't. Oh, I stopped okay. there. I'm like, no, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm so annoyed. Some of the characters there are very aggravating. It's yeah. a bit too much that caused me to not want to watch it. Yeah. But that's the thing I love about these these kinds of shows. Yes. It's an anthology series kind yeah. of thing. So that this this season, this series is focused on this story. The next series is focused on a different story. Yeah. And that's the way to do it. I love yeah. anthology series. Mm. Those are so good. Ryan Murphy, the creator of American Horror Story, created a series called American Horror Stories. There was an anthology series that every episode was a new story mm. but there are some episodes that there are some stories that spent two episodes and there was kind of an overarching theme all throughout that, those are my favorite oh yeah okay it's whenever you tell multiple like many different stories but there is an overarching theme or something connecting all of them those are my favorite kind of stories oh yeah, yeah. i love that for example well, yeah. the whole avengers yeah, yeah marvel yeah, cinematic yeah. universe yeah it's very comic book actually. it's very comic book yeah and that's i think that's where my love for these for this kind of medium of storytelling spans yeah or not medium this kind of storytelling rather yeah and this does it amazingly as well agree agree yeah and for american horror story as well ryan murphy connected all the seasons into one big thing at the end so it's really cool in the first few seasons you're like oh a new story cool season two oh another new story season three oh yeah new story we know it's coming season four yeah it's a new story season five wait are the stories connected season six oh shit the stories are connected yeah and this is the one that com- like completes the storytelling wow yeah so it's quite cool that's amazing i love stories like that yeah that's i mean for example critical role you know it's yeah. one world and everything is happening yeah. and right now in campaign three oh my goodness it's so good yeah i really want to get back to it it's so good i'm talking about like episode 35 i think oh you or 36 you specifically yeah. thought you specifically pinned our group chat that watch episode 33 yeah season campaign where, three episode yeah. 33 spoilers for anyone i'm not going to mention it Get ready. It's a big episode. Ooh, okay. It's a really big episode. Oh, they recently announced, I think today or yesterday, that they're going to have a uh, Mighty Nine story. Yes, I heard about that. that. Was coming, yeah. That's coming out end of November and first of first week of December. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they're going to be um, a two-part story that will bring back the ca- characters from Mighty Nine, which I think is really cool. I like that a lot. I, I'm quite excited to see where these characters have ended up. Yeah, I think it would be quite cool. Yeah, I, uh, oh, sorry. I, 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 this is escaping me. So, Hill House. Yes, oh, yes. Hill, Hill House. House. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that one jump scare. Yes, yes the jump scares were really uh, well executed. And in a horror movie, you kind of have to have some jump scares. But these ones were few and far between. And mm. they were really good jump scares. Yes. But that's not the scariest things to me. The scariest nope. things to me is like when, you know, when you see a flashback from the kid, when, the, when I flash the porch light twice, it means it's time to come home. Say it, Nelly. Foot past forest light twice. Time to come home. And you see Nelly drive up to her house. You see the porch light flash twice. And she just says, time to come home. And she walks in. And then her dancing by herself all throughout the empty, decrepit hill house. And her going up to the red room. And then you just see her body. 
Yeah, that is just some of it is just so twisted and scary, man. Yeah. Yes, the stuff with the bedneck lady is really scary. Yeah. But what is even more scary is Luke trying to fight his addiction and the bowler head goes just flying, floating backwards towards him, him counting to seven. Yeah. And just one, two, three, four, but it's just following him. And then yep. he stands stand still and the thing just continues to go towards him. Yeah. It is crazy ridiculous. Yeah, that's the haunting, right? That it's, is the haunting, precisely. Yeah, and, and, and that's so the good, scariest bit. Uh I find the oh the scariest one for me right is the part where the dad the young dad mm-hmm. Henry Thomas Henry Thomas in the in the show and he was trying to get rid of the mole because at that oh, the scratching yeah. noise yeah, 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 keep yeah. Ha- happening there like scratching noise like they can't do and then he doesn't know what to do with it yep and then he just keep hearing scratching 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 the you rat, know, the rats yeah, yeah I find that really scary yeah. and that's because cola. No, I've oh. I've experienced something. Okay, yes, cola does make some noise <laughs> like that, but I know it's cola. Yeah. But there was one thing. Some that that happened to me once, by the way, where there was one day I had a phone call with Liz. Right. After the phone call, I decided okay. Then oh no, I called her to wake her up from her nap. Okay. Nighttime nap. Right. And then like okay, yeah, I talked to her already. Okay, cool. Then I put on my phone, and then I continued watching my show. And then was about, it this? Sorry. Was it this? No, show? no, this is a long time ago. Oh, a long time ago. And okay. then while I was watching the show. Like, I think it was someone I'll show that we watched. Mm-hmm. I start hearing scratching noises. Okay. And then I like look around my room, go to my speaker, put mm-hmm. there's there's no scratching noise from the speaker. Okay. I off all my devices. Right. I keep hearing scratching you know, like shh, shh, shh. Okay. The only new thing I had in my possession at a period of time is a very new Santa kind of doll looking thing from Russia that Ferd got from okay. me. Okay. Which I just put at the corner of my room. Okay. And I'm hearing like how come I'm hearing things from here? And okay, it looks like one of those scared. Yep. I it's can, a Russian I can, doll. I can yeah. imagine, yeah. It's supposed to be like a gift, you know? Like, yep. I'm like, oh my God, no, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> and I was, okay, and then I, I decided, okay, I shall not do anything. It, and it stopped. It's, it's like, it, there's a noise and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. There's a noise. It's intermittent. Yeah, it's a bit like the show, right? Right, yeah. Intermittent and like, am I imagining things? Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, no, no. And then, later on, I found out, not long after, after a while, I realized that all this while for about two hours, uh-huh. my phone was not off and Liz's phone wasn't off uh, from the call. And then so she went the, back to sleep and then the she's just moving. the speaker rubbing against the... <laughs> she just probably moved and then... It, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that is ridiculous, man. But it was so... That is kind of creepy. Creepy. And yeah. when I was watching that, I really told myself, oh shit, I can't see it. I can't look at this. This is too scary. So would you this think, would you think <laughs> yeah. that is your favorite like, like your, your favorite scary scene? That's not my favorite scary scene. That's the most scary scene. <laughs> One of the other scary scenes that um that consists Henry Thomas uh-huh. was the scene where I believe Theo was in bed or Shirley was in bed and then I think Shirley was in bed and Theo came into the room. What? What is it? What do you mean? You keep banging my door. You keep banging the wall. What is it? I didn't bang on the boom. And you see both of them scream and run into the bed and then every they keep screaming, the bang keeps happening, then it cuts and they're still there. And then you hear, you see Hugh come in. What's the matter? Dad, did you hear that you hear the boy? No. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh yeah, that's that that scary. Scene, man. Yeah. Holy shit. I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And his face like distorting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That those those scenes are so scary. That is so scary. Another yeah. scene was the freaking cat. Oh, yeah. When it opened its eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's one I want to talk about as well. Every single one of the ghosts that haunts them, uh-huh. it's kind of fitting to the character. Yes. So for Stephen, 
Wait, what was Steven's ghost? No, his father. Don't no, okay. So it was his Steven's only... ghost was the mental illness. He thought that it was the mental illness of his mother. And so he was constantly trying to deny it. Shirley was that as well. Why she became a funeral director was because of the cats. Yep. It was her fear of things decaying yeah. and how being a funeral director, she could fix it. Yep. Just yep. like the funeral director fixed her mom yep. because her mom was decaying and everything. Yeah. yeah. And Theo's one was her kind of, she her psychic manifestations, yeah. seeing the rotten corpse of her mother. Yeah. And so she used her powers to become a psychologist and she's constantly yeah. haunted by that. Yep. Nelly's one is, of course, we all know. N- yeah, Nelly and Luke got it worse, man. Nelly, Luke's one was the best. You know, the, the like, honestly speaking, like in terms of writing, you know why he became a drug addict? Because he was... Because his mother poisoned his friend at, yeah, when he yeah. was a kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that poison yeah. went into the body and he like he's kind of feeling the guilt of it yeah. and so he continues to poison himself. Yeah. that What a crazy comparison to draw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The writing of it is brilliant. Yeah, and... Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's seriously so brilliant, man. Yeah. And, oh, Stephen's one was him accrediting everything to his mother's mental illness. Yeah, yeah. And so him getting the vasectomy right after as he got out of college to deny himself any future or any future kids to get this because he was trying to deny his ghost. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. The writing is so good, man. All their ghosts, whether self-created causes a real physical impact on their lives. Precisely, yeah. yeah. And throughout the whole series, you see them getting better, like what Dan Harmon says, right? Yeah. And then finally, they're they're deserving of to be saved. Not all of them, though. Because the house has to take something away and they unfortunately take Hugh. (sighs) The house have to win. Yeah. And I I believe the only reason why they can win, right, is that only the ghost can open the door. Mm, Right? Maybe. I mean, the the red room was ridiculous because it was a treehouse. It was a, everything. Yeah. It was a dance studio. It was a dining area. Yeah. It was a tea room for tea Nelly room. and yeah, Luke. Yeah, yeah. It was the mother's uh, makeup area. No, for it's only for Nelly. I think the tea room. No, um, Luke was there as well. Yeah, but Luke was there only when the mother invited. But Luke's yes, house right, is true. the treehouse. Treehouse. That's right. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Shirley's one was the Shirley one. the library, right? And yeah, then Theo yeah. was the dance studio. Dance studio yeah. And Steven's one was the game room. The game room, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous, man. You know, in another TV show with a different genre, this is called Room of Requirement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But this is, the the but, requirement yeah. is that the people stay there forever. So that they can feed. Yeah. Oh, yeah and What oh. a good story, man. The house is a mimic. It is. <laughs> it really kind of just trapped a them. A mimic that's, that, yeah. that devours souls. But actually, the... The craziest thing about the house that is so good to me is that it kind of makes a deal with people, yeah. whether they want it or not. The idea of stay in here where I can feed upon your fear, yeah. but you leave forever yeah. and safe. You go out of, away from me, you will die. You will be haunted. Yeah, You will die in the sense yeah. like, even though later on when the house don't really haunt them anymore, mm-hmm they will die in yeah. sense because you will grow old and die Precisely. whereas you stay here you can live, forever. S- live forever with that's your what loved they told, ones. That's what they told uh, Olivia. Yeah, exactly. And they showed her the future of of Nelly yeah. suffering and Luke being a drug addict. Yeah. Little did they know it's because of these actions that these happen. But even then she still believed that at the end of the day if they die in this house yeah. Live no, forever, but like the idea you know? that the idea that the house is tricking her, showing yes. her the truth of the future. Yeah. It, you know what it reminds me of? The Cathay. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's so scary, man. It's so yes. If you scary. can imagine it, like when I reread, when I reread, um, Name of the Wind. Yeah. Was it Name of the Wind or of, uh, the other one? Wise um, Man's Fear. Wise Man's Fear. Wise yeah. Man, when I reread Wise Man's Fear after watching this, I was like, oh, that's how scary it is. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it this way, but when you mention it, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But okay, let's um sidetrack this for a bit. Yes. Let's talk about that scene. That scene. Oh yes. That scene. Amazing. Yeah, it's a when cinematic I, it's a cinematic brilliance. Cinema, yeah, the masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece. The cinematography yeah. in that. If you guys watch the AC, the series already, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't watched the series yet, hey, why are you listening to this? <laughs> yes, exactly. Be a good boy or girl. Stop listening now. It's not too late. Go watch the series and then come back. <laughs> but let's talk about that scene. Oh, it's so good. The I think it was episode five. Yeah, the funeral no, of Nelly. episode six. Episode six. Because I told you I watched the episode five. That's then true. You mentioned, That's true. Yeah. How about that scene? I'm like, what scene? I don't remember yeah. anything. I know <laughs> when I when I recommended you this series to watch, right? Yeah. I told you there is going to be something that's going to catch your eye. Yeah. Cinematography in particular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that scene. It was like what twenty one minutes of I continuous there, yeah. one yeah. single shot. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. This just think of the set that they had to build because of the transition from the new house to the old house. Yes. Then beyond that, when they when they pan the camera, they have to have the actors run off and have the the young actors run in. Yes, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. they required that were like it's a twenty one, like I think maybe seventeen to twenty one minute shot. Yeah. The amount of production and coordination that must have required is ridiculous. It's so good though. Can you imagine going through that whole sheet scene, shooting that whole thing, and then the final thing somebody messes up? You have to reset everything all over again. You have to get the actors to the their marks all over again. Yeah. Don't forget throughout that whole scene, Victoria Pedretti was standing up as the bedneck lady in the background, in the foreground, in the in the in the in the coffin. Yep. And then missing from the coffin, and yep. then just like in the corridors of Hill House and stuff. That is ridiculous, man. This is one of the best single continuous shots I've ever seen in my life. If not the best. I think it's the best for me, definitely. It's comparable to the one in... What was the... Birdman? Oh, I didn't watch Birdman. Ah, okay. I think it was called Birdman, right? Yeah, it's a it's a very highly acclaimed show. Yeah, I, I think it's called Birdman. The one with... Uh, what's his face? Batman. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is it. And okay. uh, Emma Stone. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, that, it's comparable to that. It's a ridiculous... This, no, this is it's not comparable. This is so much better. <laughs> this is way it's better. It's 21 minutes, man. That one was quite long as well. Okay. But it wasn't a length. That one was a lot... It was um, like a corridor with different rooms. So you run from room to room in the corridor, continuously tracking the same person. This one, the set they had to build. Yeah. The amount of people involved in swapping in and out and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And... Like, you can go back and watch the episode multiple times and still appreciate every single bit of it. I completely agree. And you get to see, actually, their set is actually just beside, side by side. It's combined, yes. <laughs> It's combined, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they specifically created that set for this shot, but they have other sets for the main shots. Of, oh, really? Like, yeah, I think so. It kind of makes sense if you just do this way as well, right? Because it you does. don't explore it the does. whole house yeah, anyway. Yeah, it really does. Oh, that's yeah. so cool, man. It's so cool, yeah. <sighs> Uh, that that one scene is really cinematography. It's like a cinematographic masterpiece. Yeah, and I think with that combined the music, the rain. Yes. It gives that level of immersion, tension, and yeah. immersion that I am like, I'm I'm like so scared. Yet at the same time, I want to keep watching. Yeah, like I yeah. can't. I I'm so scared. I want to look away, but I can't help but stare. 
Yeah. You know, it's like that that when when like a, it's like a train wreck, you know, it's like mm. it's so horrifying and you don't want to look at it but you can't look away. Right. Yeah. But this is in a good sense, I guess. I guess because so. there's nothing be- beautiful about a train wreck, not really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But this is amazing. This is this scene Honestly speaking, they should be they should use this one continuous shot and teach it in stuff like film school. They definitely have to because this is not easy to do. How and do you even yeah. like how do you have even have a mind to think of this shot, man? They don't write enough horror shows. <laughs> and it's not even horror, man. Like yeah, this, this is, is just, uh, yeah. a level yeah. beyond. Yeah. This is plus ultra stuff, man. Exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh man, Mike Flanagan is this when I okay, I remember watching Origin of e- Oculus or no um Ouija Origin of Evil way back. And like, oh, it's a good movie. It's really scary. A lot of parts of it. That's really bad. Lulu Wilson wasn't it. Uh the girl who played young Shirley, I believe. Mm, okay. Was in it. She did a fantastic job. Super scary. Then I, I I just saw oh Mike Flanagan nah I mean like oh I've never seen anything else of his before so I I'm not really gonna like maybe in the future that kind of thing so I just forgot about it then when it came to Netflix when this came out I went to research his stuff and I started watching all his stuff honestly speaking this one scene is his masterpiece yeah is, well, I, just, I mean I didn't watch all his shows but when I watched this I knew this that was spe- special yeah and then I watched yeah. Dr. Sleep because of him as well but right. I mean I'm a fan of Stephen King I love The Shining okay and I love Danny Torrance and Ewan McGregor was in it okay as old Danny Torrance so I was gonna watch Dr. Sleep anyway then I found out Mike Flanagan was part of it I'm like okay yeah that should be pretty good and I quite like Dr. Sleep even though the critics kinda slammed it I think right okay I love it still because I love the story I read the book when it first mm. came out it was so good one of my favorite Stephen King books as well, by the way. He seems to have like, a lot of books, though. Stephen King? Yeah. Yeah, maybe like 50, 60 something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, he's only been writing since like, what, the 70s? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you know. Right. Okay. So, I want to ask you, do you have a favorite story from the series? Like, which like character's story do you fi- do you like the best? Hmm. Or do you have, like, also, but, or while we're on this topic, do you have any favorite scenes? Or any scenes that really scared you besides the rat scratching? Hmm. Okay. And that one scene. Yes, that scene. <laughs> that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Another scary scene at the top of my head was Luke being pulled into the coffin during the funeral. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that was that was really scary. Uh the banging doors with, with adults Shirley and Theo while they were fighting. That's, yes. Yeah. You punched my boob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then yeah. they were fighting, 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 boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was damn bad. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. yeah. And that was really bad. Uh, One that really scared me as yeah. well was when they were in the red room and they were all reliving reliving their fear. Theo was having sex with a girl and uh, then she said she yeah. couldn't feel anything and she was just like being pulled yeah, into like yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. hands. The, yeah. That's so scary, man. Yeah. And also when Steve like Steven yeah. um was in his that dream as well, the the rot coming from his wife's Oh yeah, belly. yeah, yeah. It's one of the most gruesome scenes it, it in is, the whole uh, series. Yeah, what if I'm like a uh, blister and just swell up and burst? Yeah, and oh, that was so scary, man. Yeah. Okay, but by then I'm not that scared anymore because mm. I I yeah, knew the course. enemy already, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like what I mentioned earlier, but I will say what I'm, my favorite story combined with my favorite character mm-hmm. would be the father, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, he is the overall kind of hero of the story. He is, yeah. and. He saved the kids twice. Yeah, if you think about it, really, and he, not only twice, but he kind of hold down, really the door. Yeah, he's like hold, hold, yeah. hold, on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really brilliant, 
Really brilliant uh, analogy. Like, no joke. No, because he did say it himself. I've yes. been holding the door yeah, for many years yeah, and perfect. he really did making sure that red room door is not open and... Mm-hmm. And yeah, he is... And no he matter what all, the tabloids yeah. say, no matter what yeah. the public views of him, he said he uh, doesn't matter what they think. I, will, uh, I want the gates uh, the gates Locked changed and, chain, and yeah. I, want no, I want to know that house is there rotting. Yeah. <sighs> and also the fact that he takes on the hate of his kids. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then even at the end of it, that conversation with, his, with Liv, where yeah. finally they talk about the reality of what's yes. happening in their life. And then uh, he says something like, we are we as parents we should let them go they are mm. our stars yeah. and then her reply was just, stars are dead yeah and oh my god it was so it's such so a good beautiful scene. and yeah i mean not okay not beautiful but it's such a good writing yeah it's and uh, it's script it's, yeah it's a larger than life scene yeah. yeah and it's a bit that moment reminds me of like you know in a, like a big show like fantasy where doctor the, who kind doctor of thing. who yeah. where the main villain and the main yep. hero just stop because they, that's all they have to do. They don't yeah. have to fight anymore. It's like X-Men where Magneto and Charles Xavier exactly. play chess. You know? yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah, it's a bit that, that. And then they just have different ideology. Mm-hmm. Liv, Olivia feels that they should all stay in this house together for yeah. the rest of their lives. Precisely. you'll never grow old and never die. You can be together forever. Yeah. And for him, no. This is it's not suffering. like this. It's suffering. Yeah. Oh my god, that was... It's such good writing. so good, man. So I your favourite yeah. story, your favourite story, like, the favourite story from a character would be Hugh? Yeah. I I, I put second Stephen, but I'll, I'll... How about yours first? Yeah. I I really like Luke's story. Ah, yeah. Because, like, it's his childhood trauma that is yes. causing him to be, like, a drug addict his whole life. And he is trying to finally get better. Mm. And he's finally getting better. Yeah, yeah. But it's so tragic. He gets fucked over by Joey. Yeah. He gets oh, just damn bad. Yeah. You when he breaks into Steven's house, you see he doesn't even like he's just like, Oh, just leave the laptop. I got work there. I got money here. I'm just I can give it to you. Leave the camera. I need it for work. But you can take whatever I can have. He's just like it's it's not what you think. I don't really care at this point, you know? It's yeah, everybody's yeah. given up on him. Yeah, yeah. It sucks so it must have sucked so much because he himself knew. He was shivering not because he was in relapse or or, or what do you call that? Withdrawal. Yeah. He just didn't know actually why he, he didn't think. know why, but he knows that it's not because of drug. But now as a viewer yeah. you know. And that is so tragic. <sighs> that's yeah, that's so tragic. I, he's yeah. just so cold because of the twin thing. Yeah. Oh, that is so tragic, man. And him walking, him getting robbed yeah. from his shoes and everything and yeah. then trying to count to seven by one, two, three, four, five, six. Then he realizes something's wrong. He couldn't count to seven because there is no more seven. And then the 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 bowler hat ghost yeah, closes exactly, in on him. Yeah. And the reveal that his mother was the bowler hat ghost. Wait, there was that reveal? Yeah, I remember at the end, like you, she turned and you see her face. She's wearing the bowler hat, and then in the room when Luke was an adult with young Nelly and young was her name Abigail. Uh huh. Mother was wearing yes, bowler hat. Yeah. You can wear the hat with us forever. Oh, so that was her. Yep. It's his manifestation of her that's haunting him. That's why he's a drug addict because that thing is always chasing him. His mother tried to kill him. That is the trauma that is chasing him, and that's why he has to turn to drugs. Oh, but but even then, even back, but before the mom went crazy, yeah, he's already experienced the bowler here. The one with floating. Yep. But Nelly also saw herself. Oh yeah. It's kind of like so. That's really the mom. That's the I bowler? think. Well, I think it's the mom. Even the one that look look at Stephen at the end with the father, and the father like look at me, look at me, and then when the bowler hat 
person disappeared. Yeah, I don't like, know. Maybe. I don't know. Like, okay. honestly speaking, there was, when this, when this series Maybe first came out, theory. there's yeah. one, when this series came out, right, there was like a whole article about the classifications of ghosts and like oh, wow. profiles of the different, different ghosts. Okay. My favorite theory is that like the, the bowler head goes one of them as a mom, ah, which really I makes see, so much yeah, sense yeah. to me. And okay. that's why it kind of sticks out to me. I think maybe he saw that as a kid as well, but the mm. mom kind of like took on the role as well, I guess. I see. Which I is see, even yeah. more scary. Shit, yeah. And also I find Nelly's story so sad. She was finally happy, you yeah. know? Yeah. She was finally happy. She got over her sleep paralysis. Yeah. And the whole idea that the bent-neck lady is over, the, like, her trying to look back at the past. And so she had to watch her husband die twice. Yeah. That is, that is so and tragic. And the fact man. that she blamed the bent-neck lady for killing the husband make when, her realize that it was herself at the last moment of her yeah. life that She just wanted to see... No, it's... Because yeah, she yeah. wants to. Here, here's the thing. It yeah. wasn't really the Ben Lady's fault. Yeah, no, it's not. It's he had her, an aneurysm, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's unfortunate, but, but it happens. But when she was yeah. alive, she thought it was because exactly. of Ben yeah. Then but, she realized that it was. And the, the sad part of it is she knows she wants to go back and see her husband, knowing that she will blame herself. But it's the only way she gets to see her husband again. Yeah. That is so tragic and such crazy writing. Yeah. Although my, my, my personal theory is that it's the house's doing. Maybe to show her like, oh, here's all the things you lost, you know, like, yeah. like, haha, I like, won. Yeah, this is what you're losing. Maybe, I, I don't know, man. But I mean, perhaps, but still, everything, even with or without it, it's such good writing, yeah. man. One of my favorite theory though is the Stevens theory in the very beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. where where the family is actually just sick because of mold mental poisoning, illness. mold poisoning, oh, mold poisoning, of, yeah, okay. and that, that causes illusory mm-hmm. and mental illness where hallucinations, they, hallucinations yeah. as a family because they were spending that whole house for a good couple of months yeah. and years with breathing in the mole and all yeah. that. That's why it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And I, I like that theory because it makes what Steven said in the beginning makes sense. Yeah. And then all you have to do at the end of the show after watching all this, right? Okay, what if all he said at first was right? And then them by them going back to the house, it just worsened the condition. Like what he said, a lot. what the father said, all of you shouldn't be going back to the house because mm. of... Something no, like it doesn't work though because yeah. at the end of the series you see Stephen had a kid, Luke celebrated his second year um, sober. Yeah, but because Shirley they're away from the house to, finally. Yeah, but then it should still continue. You I know? guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, it's a really good theory. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps those were the final hallucinations they had before they died. Ah, shit. <laughs> there we go, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good theory. I still choose to believe that the house is a... No, a, yeah, yeah. The house is a yeah. bloody ghost mimic soul-devouring horrible entity and the f- fact that it's an entity that goes through space and time yeah it's oh it's my only goodness. opponent and once again it's a doctor right so <laughs> which character spoke to you the most oh um, this is tough yeah but, it's a really um, tough one mm-hmm. maybe Steven Steven I mean he's a fellow Steven with a V yeah but, <laughs> but no jokes aside oh no sorry never jokes aside with never in all the, seriousness. In all seriousness. <laughs> I think it's the fact that he is very skeptical. He's a skeptic, yeah. And I am generally quite skeptic when it comes to a lot of things. And I always ask for empirical, like, is there evidence. like a reason, yeah. evidence, uh, looking at, uh, okay, what's what's the chances of this happening? Uh, even when things do happen, I will think twice, three times, four times. I, I, I mean, not, I'm not saying that I have experience. Yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah. even, I, I think I share with you there's some level of experience there, mm-hmm, but of uh, course. there was requires time for me to actually 
process. Process, and, yeah. and then you're like, oh, okay. And generally, I'm quite skeptic. Skeptic first mm-hmm. mentality. Not maybe not for long, but like just that's first level of seeing anything is skepticism. Yeah, yeah. And I think in terms of the idea of him, also, uh, not so much the, for the rest, I suppose. In terms mm. of okay, yeah, that's the first thing come to my mind. Right. Yeah. For me, it will be Hugh. Okay. Because it doesn't matter what everybody thinks. Everybody in the world thinks. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you just gotta do what you have to do to protect the people you love. Oh yeah. And yeah, as long yeah. as they're safe, it doesn't matter if you're suffering. Doesn't matter what people think of you. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're constantly haunted by the love of your life. Yeah. Even it doesn't because you get you still at least you still get to see her. That's why you cling on to that. Yeah. There are no limits to what you would do for the people you love, mm. and this is the proof. This Hugh was the proof for all of that. Yeah. Everything he did. He saved the kids twice. The first time he had to save them from the love of his life. Yeah. Can you imagine the pain he must have felt? Yeah, definitely. And what sheer amount of bravery he had to have to manage to go back into the house multiple times to save every single one of his kid. Yep. And how he had to carry Stephen. Yep. And shut your eyes and run. That scene as well, when Stephen opened his eyes and his mom was chasing her. That was a really good, very good scary scene. Props to Carla Gugino because the way she hobbled and chased after them and screamed. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I really also feel very bad for um the the custodians of the house. Oh, the two of them. The Dudleys? Yeah, the Dudleys. Yeah. yeah. Car- Clara and Horace, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel really bad for them. But they are so necessary in telling the house's bigger story, right? Yeah. That people are tricked into it. Yeah. People willingly got tricked into this. Yeah. And she... <laughs> Clara has been tricked multiple times and she's lost so much yeah. to the house. It's so unfortunate, man. She even died in the house in the end. Yeah. Which is... It's so sick. It's horrible. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Yeah. It's... This show is so good, though. It's so good. It's yeah. it's all of this makes for such. There's so many layers of stories, right? Yeah. Like more than what you see, there are multiple layers into it. Multiple theories that can happen that we just talk about. Yeah, it's insane. It's amazing. So I want to talk a bit about the future of the Flanniverse Ooh. as what Netflix is dubbing it now. Oh, really? Ever since the release of Midnight Club. Okay. So after the Midnight Club that was released recently in October this year. Flanagan has a couple more works in the pipeline, similarly to The Midnight Club. Flanagan, with Universal Pictures, is developing another one of Christopher Pike's novels into a film, um, rather than the TV series for The Midnight Club. The season of Passage is primarily the story of a US exploration team to Mars that go to do research and find out what happened to the Russian crew that went before them. But the terror starts long before any of them ever leave the ground, with vivid nightmares and an inexplicable pull and the dread of a dead planet of Mars. That would be the movie, which I... Science fiction, horror, sign me up, man. This is about yeah. to be some J.J. Abrams bullshit, and I love it. You know what's the first thing come to my mind? What? Water of Ma- Water and oh, Mars. Oh, Water on Mars. That's scary shit, man. That is scary yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Seasons of Passage um, is yeah, currently I, in production. I, 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 yeah. I don't know when it's releasing. There's not any definite concrete proof that it's going to be releasing anytime soon, yeah. but I can't wait. Also, Christopher Pike. 
Well, it's a really cool name for an author. Yes, he just needs to be have the captain. Precisely. <laughs> so along with that, in twenty in July twenty twenty one, it was announced that Flanagan would adapt the comic book series Something Is Killing the Children for Netflix into a Netflix series as well. For those unfamiliar with the title, in Something Is Killing the Children, there are horrifying things in the world that prey on children and are only really visible to the young. And the story revolves around a girl named Erica Slaughter. She kills the monsters that the other adults can't see. This story, to me, has kind of like... It's along the same vein and the same feels of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which everybody is familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's like the badass boss girl who's killing monsters, you know? That's mm. cool. It's kind of like yep. Stranger Things as well, yeah. a little bit. And I was I was very, very excited to see it. You might have noticed I said I was. Yeah, why? Because coming off the release of The Midnight Club, Flanagan revealed that revealed during an interview that he was no longer developing a TV adaptation for the comic series. Oh. During the interview, he mentioned that his vision for the material differed from what Netflix was hoping for, as he implied that the project itself is still moving forward just without him being involved. I see. Yeah. In an interview with The Wrap, Flanagan mentioned with that one, we were a good ways through our process, but Netflix decided to kind of go in a different direction with that property. So we're not involved with something is killing the children anymore. We love the creator James Tinian the Fourth. We love the source material, and we wish the absolute best for whoever ends up with it. But that one we're not gonna move forward with. And finally he added, It is a bummer. This is very surprising to me, the news that recently broke earlier this month because of the Midnight Club, right? Considering how successful the partnerships between Flanagan and Netflix have been over the years, his films Hush and Before I Wake had their distribution rights purchased by Netflix, whereas his film Gerald's Game was developed specifically with Netflix. And then Flanagan developed Hill House, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, year to year to year, and then Midnight Club this year. With all these projects already proving a hit with fans and critics alike, it's very surprising that their relationship could be sundered for such a property like something is killing a ch- something is mm, killing the children yeah. given specifically that the comic series has its own built-in following it would have seemed like a perfect fit to have Flanagan bring the story to life and I really personally would have loved to see his vision for that story because everything of his so far has been so amazing but alas contradictory to what Elvis said some things are not meant to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess so but on to things that will please Elvis himself, Flanagan, along with Netflix, recently developed The Fall of the House of Usher. This miniseries, based on the short story of the same name and other works by Edgar Allan Poe, is currently in post-production and is set to premiere on Netflix in 2023. The miniseries, in true Flanagan fashion, is set to star many familiar faces from his previous works, such as Carla Gugino, Henry Thomas, Annabeth Gish, Lulu Wilson, Samantha Sloyan, Katie Parker, and Kate Siegel from Hill House alone. Wow. It's basically the same cast. Well, most of them. Most of them, yeah. yeah. From parts elsewhere in the Flaniverse, you can also expect to see the likes of Bruce Greenwood. Uh, he was in the film. By the way, Bruce Greenwood, do you know who he is? Speaking of Christopher Pike, he is Christopher Pike in the color oh, right, timeline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also see Raul Coley, Carl Lumbly, Michael Trucco, Kylie Curran, and Tania Miller. These are from other properties that Mike Flanagan has directed, produced, and created. And amongst that already star-studded cast, you can also expect to see Malcolm Goodwin of I, Zombie fame. 
Okay. He'll be finally reuniting with his castmate of a cast member of iZombie, Rahul Kohli, who was in Blind Manor, who was in Midnight Mass, right, who was okay. also in Midnight Club. And there's also another name in that Fall of the House of Usher that I love so much. It's like a small time, kind of really small time voice actor. I don't know if you know him. His name is Mark Hamill. Never heard of him. Yeah. It's just some guy, you know, some dude. He does a he does a really good voice for some specific characters. This is like a really small character. Maybe you heard of the the Joker? I've heard of the Riddler. Mm, yeah, okay. So yeah, so this guy, just dude Mark Hamill. Oh, he is really cool. He has his dark name his dog's name is Bark Hamill. I think he's he's trying too hard. Yeah, a bit a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean if only he acted in Star Wars, maybe I'll you know. Yeah, I know. It's like you gotta you really gotta hand it to him. <laughs> uh? <laughs> yes, nice. so Mark Hamill is going to be wow. in Fall of the House of Usher. Oh my that goodness. is a big A-list name star. That is one of the biggest A-list name out there. Precisely, yeah. And yeah. really no doubt with Edgar Allan Poe's iconic ominous tones and Flanagan's signature horror skills expertise in the genre, The Fall of the House of Usher will be a series to look out for in 2023 and I really can't wait. Oh, yeah. It's in post-production now. Oh, post-production. It's in post-production nice. now. Yes. So I think maybe he wants to continue with his tradition and release it next October. Right. Wow. Because most of his stuff comes out in September, October. Wow. I, he's setting up a nice tradition for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. I really can't wait for that. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the fact that you mentioned that small-time voice actor. Yeah, I, that dude. That dude kind of pulled me in, man. <laughs> so, how likely are you to watch something else from Mike Flanagan before next Halloween? Uh, quite quite, high, quite, quite likely. likely, yeah. Okay. I would yeah. say, um, spoilers for Midnight Club. Do not watch, for you specifically, don't watch it yet. Because I will tell you this first. Midnight Club recently got itself into the Guinness Book of World Records for the series with the most jump scares. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it happens in episode two, either. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's yeah. it's unnecessary jump scares used <laughs> for comedy. Oh, nice. Which I like, I love, but the, yeah. the jump, jump scares are still really scary, okay? <laughs> okay. It's still really, really, really fucking scary. So yeah, be wary of that. Other than that, the story is pretty good. It doesn't feel finished, the first season. I see. Okay. I feel like I need a second season to finish the story. Right. Which is good because it's not a mini-series like Bly Manor or Hill House. It is a series-series. Right. Okay. So there hopefully will be a second season for that. The kids who act in it as well are really good. And I like the story. And also, Katie Parker is in it. The one who played Poppy. Okay, yeah. In Hill House, she's in it as well. Nice. Uh, Raul Kohli is in it as well. Yeah. Henry Thomas is in it for an episode. He really loves casting his friends. This is, this is mid, uh, Midnight Night Club. Club. Yes. But there's still... The Midnight Club that came out this year, not Midnight Mask that came out last year. Midnight yeah. Mask that came out last year was Raul Kohli and Kate Siegel and stuff like that. Right, yeah. That one has a lot of, I feel, Catholic and Christian undertones. I see, yeah. That yeah. I guess people like us who are Catholic who are probably a bit more learned on the on the, the faith yeah would appreciate I see okay yeah. yeah it is very slow to go though okay so if you want to watch that you might want to bear that in mind the first and few episodes the, and then the slow. one before will be the Bly Manor Bly Manor right Bly yeah. Manor is perfect yeah. but it's very horror more than Hill House um, less jump scares I would say but okay cool. but still very horror 
Okay. I mean, yeah. it's basically like Hill House, right? It is. Yeah, but okay. it's so good. Really, you should really watch. You, yeah, yeah. I would recommend that as well. There is really nothing that I've watched of Mike Flanagan that I wouldn't recommend. Even stuff like Ouija Origins of Evil, that is a really scary film. And I would recommend that to any um, fans of horror. And stuff like Oculus as well. Oculus and Oculus 2, I believe, or maybe Oculus 3. Those are really good horror movies as well. So if you want to watch something horror for Halloween, hey, there you go. You have some things to watch. But I would recommend Shining and then Doctor Sleep. Okay. I mean, the Stephen King verse, right? Exactly. Those will be pretty good as well. So what about you guys? What do you think of Hill House? Are you a Fanagan? Uh, get it? Wow. <laughs> Will wow. you be watching okay. any of his shows slash movies <laughs> for Halloween? Let us know. You can reach us at The Podity on Instagram and Twitter. That's T-H-E-P-O-D-D-I-T-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know. And while Stephen recovers from that horrible pun, don't forget to join us this Thursday for a brand new episode of The Podity More, where we will be talking about some of our Halloween traditions. I think, like we've mentioned in this episode, Stephen might have a new Halloween Halloween tradition? I guess so. And I think there's things that we can talk about. I would like to know what some of your Halloween tradition actually. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you want to you want to listen to that, stay tuned to this Thursday for that. And if you're not bored of our voices yet, don't forget to join us next week for a brand new episode of The Podity where we will be discussing for the Halloween to round out our Halloween Spooktober oh, spectacular. Goodness. That is a mouthful. Can you say that? Halloween Halloween Spooktober Spectacular. Halloween Spooktober Spectacular. Oh, that's that's, that's difficult. Can you spell (laughs) P-O-D-D-I-T-Y? P-O-D-I-T-I-T? (laughs) P-O-D-D-I-T-I-T-T-Y. Don't forget to join us next week as we round off our Spooktober Spectacular with... A movie that is filled with a date. Definitely, yes. right? It's, they, they're ghosts. They're ghosts. Oh there's a lot God. of ho- like horror... Like, there's, I think, hundreds uh, of ghosts. Moving guitar by itself. Yeah, guitars moving by itself. Skeletons. Um, um, tomb breaking. Oh, my God. Grave robbing. Yeah. Um, people falling into open caskets. Yeah, and like spirits that just fly around, around. Roaming everywhere. around everywhere. Yeah. And, and even creatures around you that it can be... Becoming actually is mythical a, beasts. Mythical, yeah, not actually just regular creatures. Just so yeah, if you're if that all of that seems interesting to you and whatever it is sound very interesting, don't forget to join us next week for Coco. <laughs> yes, to round off Halloween, we Halloweenies are done with the horror stuff. Yes, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, I think we chose some of the scariest <laughs> stuff that we could find. That was fun though. And was so name, yeah. we decided to go with the theme of Coco instead. I mean, it's perfect for Halloween, right? It is perfect. Yeah. For, but stay tuned next week if you want to hear why it's perfect for Halloween. And thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Nate. I've been Steven. We'll catch you on Thursday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>